This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to Global Leadership Masterclass. Uh, it's really exciting to be with you. I'm Adrian Grunewald of Leadership Platform. I've got a great panel here. We're going to have a fantastic conversation on leadership. Go to leadershipplatform.com, all things leadership, one word, two Ps in the middle. And today we're going to discuss from authentic leadership to solving all the problems in the world. If I look at my panel, I've got some wonderful people here. Uh, we've got Artie Moore, I've got Jan Roberts and Dr. Tineke Wolfers. Three very qualified individuals who have worked with leaders and doing leadership development and writing and all sorts of things for many, many, many years. So I think we've got academic here, we've got authors, we've got streetwise fighters, we've got just everything in the studio. Welcome everyone, it's good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you very much. Stunning to Pleasure be here. to be here. It's, it's one of the few, if any, leadership masterclasses you know, that, that runs. And um, I'm excited to have all of you here. I've met you on more than one occasion. And, and I think the suggestion that we get together and have a conversation around authentic leadership is a fantastic one. Let's kick it off with the poll that I did recently. I'm going to read the statement that I shared on Twitter and the results, and we'll pull that apart a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's some repercussions of this. I mean, this, this is a serious indictment on our society. I put this statement on Twitter. The problem of weak, toxic leadership is destroying our world economically, politically, socially, morally, health-wise. We need a greater and more coordinated effort to create awareness of authentic leaders or leadership. And finally, we need to get better at developing them. Let me quickly read it again. The problem of weak, toxic leadership is destroying our world economically, politically, socially, morally, health-wise. We need a greater and more coordinated effort to create awareness of authentic leaders, leadership, and then we need to get better at developing them. So for anyone just listening, in essence, it was a 24-hour poll put out on Twitter at 23 and a half hours. It was 92% agreed, 8% disagreed. I then asked two very influential individuals, Gareth Cliff and Tuli Maroncella, to please retweet so that we can, in a way, test the validity. I knew it would significantly increase the respondents, and they did tweet. It did significantly increase it, more than double, Mm. and it remained exactly at 92 and 8%. So, folks, what does this mean? What does this say? You work with leaders. You have... None of you are beginners in this field. You are leaders. You don't just work with leaders. You associate with great leaders like the Maxwells of life and CEOs and so on. I also do a bit of that. So what does this tell us? Who wants to go first? What are your thoughts and feelings on this poll? Tineke, you want to kick off? Yeah, no, I was I was quite interested in the, in the 8% that... Um that you know didn't agree, but um, yes, 92% of, of people I think realise that there's something wrong with leadership in the world, and it's not only in our country; it's it's worldwide. Um, one of your um, the comments was that when people get into power, it sometimes corrupts them. So power corrupts, and I do think that um, often. People might have good intentions when they want to go into leadership roles, but you know it's not that easy to know how to lead. Um, people actually get into those roles because of their previous successes, and those successes could be their business acumen, technical acumen, and they mm. might have gone to university for three years or whatever and studied, and then they get promoted into leadership, and now you have to, by osmosis, just know how to lead others. And I think leading is one of the most difficult things to do because you are leading people. 
So let's talk about this a little bit more. I mean, I don't think we're acting according to that result. So we're really saying our world is being destroyed on our watch, but we just get on with life as normal. Arti, what do you think of this poll? Well, I actually think it's intriguing of the 8%. Uh, I think your general population would normally go with the 90 92% agreeing that it is leadership that's the problem. But I've got a very different take. I would look at the 8% and ask why they feel that it is acceptable. And one of the things that I'm thinking, the thing that comes to mind right now is this poll is talking about worldwide leadership, but it is South Africans who mostly would have retweeted or tweeted. Now, if you look at African principles of leadership, common sense will tell you that if we actually bought into that, where decolonization and things like that are happening right now, people are balking against uh, Western principles of leadership. Nobody wants the, the Western side of leading anymore and understanding uh, different leadership styles. People are not wanting that. They want inclusive leadership. Now, if you look at the simplicity of African principles of leadership, uh, and in course you will ask the community, the Lekhotlas and the Mshlanganos, they will sit and ask the, the the community questions, people sit around in a circle and everybody has a say and it could take hours yeah. and I've sat in many of these and it's fascinated me because the leader does not make the decision until he or she has listened carefully to everybody and what they've got to say, which means that the entire community becomes solution focused. So the onus is not on the leader who is toxic the, the only reason they would be seen as toxic is if they are making decisions by themselves, dominating, bullying people into following their management style or leadership style. Mm -hmm. You see, leading is not about uh, your title. It's about your ability to influence people, impact them, and take them to the next mm -hmm. levels of where you want them to go mm -hmm. in terms of success, mm -hmm. not just in company-wise, but in terms of personal ability. When you can get people connecting on a human level, then you can bypass all of the inter intellectual bullshit that people have, that the leaders are the people causing the disconnect. No, there's an emotional disconnect between leadership and their people, and that is where values come in, where everybody is resonating at the same level of understanding, and there's open communication, and that is where the vulnerability of people connecting comes from, where okay. a leader believes that the people do have a say and accept that, understand it, and embrace that. All right. So... We'll go down that line a little bit more. Thank you for that. Yes. Your, your views on the poll. What does it tell us about society, about the situation we're in, the state of leadership? Yes, well, the, the state of leadership is definitely, and we, I think we all agree, the state of leadership is that leadership worldwide is failing. It's not failing only us, but it's failing themselves. Because I think uh, we always look at the, at the great leaders, and, and I don't want to mention any names because people can make their own, uh, their own mind up who they believe and who they don't believe. But we're always looking at the big ones and say, okay, they are failing us, but are we not? Uh, should we not necessarily look in the mirror and say, are we failing ourselves? Because self-leadership is the first place we need to go, and we can we can vote as much as we like on other people and look around us, but are we? Is that 92% really uh, something that we have looked in, our, in the mirror? Now we are actually doing our bit. To, to up that leadership quality, to, to, to give better of ourselves, to have be live with better values. And then we can honestly say, okay, now we look outside, and is that 92% including us, 
or is that not? That's what you got me thinking now. That's a very good point. <laughs> am I in that 92% or rather am I included in the statement or am I or, or I'm, I'm the single one who's, who's not toxic or weak? Because that's actually what that poll is saying is chances of 92% at least that I'm one of the weak and toxic leaders. Mm. Yes? Uh, if, if we think that, I mean, I know my math is not right, but if we pretty much think that the world is being destroyed by toxic, most of us are probably saying, you're by them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Me as the principal of a school, am I falling in that category? Or yes. as a parent? Yeah. Or as a manager in a bank or a supervisor? Mm. That's a very interesting point. Okay, so, so what do we need? If, if we look at this state, mm-hmm. it's sad that we're talking about it. And I know that if we had to, from a research principle foundation mm-hmm. point of view, increase that respondent amount mm-hmm. to 100 million, mm-hmm. we may still get 92%. And we kind of tested that. But guys, I don't know. Am I over-dramatizing by saying that on our watch we're destroying the world? So what do we need? What do we need to do, very briefly, each of you, to change this? What do I need to do? What do other leaders need to do? So I've, I've got quite an interesting story I, um, which illustrates that it's possible to actually um, have a country run well. I recently was invited to go to Bhutan, and, and most people say to me, where's Bhutan? It's a little country east of India and south of China. It's a small little country with two big giants as, as neighbors. It has, um, it's a monarchy. It has the king. And it has a democratic government. And I was there. I saw authentic leadership in action throughout the society. And how that worked was, um, the the leader, the the king. Uh, yes, he he is a leader by position. But why we're so loved by everyone in the country is because he's a leader by presence. So he's very values driven. Um, throughout the country, I didn't have to ask anyone what their values were. I could feel it. I could see it, I could hear it, and every person there, they, um, uh, he, he has sayings like, before you try to lead the masses, make sure you can lead yourself. Mm-hmm. He also, they also are known for being the country that has the national mantra and philosophy of gross national happiness, which has four concrete pillars of good governance, socioeconomic health, um, culture, maintain your cultural values, and actually look after the environment. And you see it playing out everywhere. And I saw every person in Bhutan nice wanting to, to please their king. Because he's authentic. And interestingly enough, he's only 38, and his father abdicated at age 54 in favor of him. And the, when somebody said to me, well, he's a, he's a what's called a benign dictator, whatever, however you call it, uh, well, the only thing he dictated is that there shall be a democracy. And he, and during his monarchy, his reign, they've put a, a government in power for the first time. There have been two sets of elections now. And he is the, he is the one that reminds everyone all the time about the values that they need to hold dear. And so there is a good example of a country where everyone does their best. So all over the world we have pockets of excellence, don't we? But in general we agree with the poll result. So what must we do? 
what what do you think we should do? I mean, there's an example. Maybe mm. we must go and find good mm. examples mm. and try and replicate that. Mm. You know, that's kind of also what I'm taking away from what you're mm. saying, Tineke. Ati? Well, yeah. I believe that as something that I've been working on for a while. So for the last 20 years, one of the things that I've been specializing in is how to get people to connect, knowing what our country has gone through and where they can where they can go in terms of success is the ability to connect with each other the level of humanness so one of the things I'm working on is compassionate leadership is how can we get people to respect each other in the way they wish to be respected and that can actually bypass a lot of the, the hurt and the anger and help a healing at a deeper emotional level I think at the moment we find that everything that happens we're not becoming solution focused we're in attack mode and one of the things that can be removed that can help leadership is if we stop attacking each other based on race and culture and religion and tradition and if we can bypass that and see the, the beauty of the human being mm -hmm. the experiences that come from the different cultures, their abilities and how we add to each other as people and then create a concept uh, which is and I, I always go back to African principles of leadership something as simple as omakelwana it is a Zulu word for, for neighbor. It's like your birman. And the beauty of that is that everybody has got a vested interest in helping you to grow. They support you, help you, and they guide you as a community. And I think that if we could bring that community focus and that way of being into any corporate government um, where leaders connect with each other as family, you run the country like a family, you never get rid of them, but you also help to guide them to the next levels that they deserve. We never get rid of family. We can't, right? As much as we want to, we cannot do that. So what we do is we either include them or we ignore them. And I think what we need to do is stop ignoring what, what the challenges are, where people are really hurting, but then it becomes the excuse for why we cannot prosper, because it always becomes a gender thing. It's because I'm too old, I'm too young, it's the color of my skin. If we could get rid of that, we are then connecting at the level of compassionate hum uh, leadership. So the human being is valuable as a person, mm -hmm. and they feel respected. And one of the things that we always say is at the level of respect, all people are equal. You may not like every person you interact with, but you do not, you do not have to be disrespectful in your interaction. Yeah. And I think respect is one of the key things that's going to guide people to the mm -hmm. next levels. Okay, compassion I picked up there, respect, um, connecting. Mm -hmm. So quite a few very powerful principles that we hope we can bring into society. And I think all leadership development programs would in a way encourage that. I think leaders have been, they are more trained in terms of leadership than ever before. There's more leadership material available than ever before. And yet we're still in this, this mess. And we'll talk about that more. Jan, you want to add? What must we do based on the results of this poll? Yes, Adrian. It's actually what you say. What must we do? Not who must we blame, for starters. Yeah. Because as long as we keep blaming other people... I, I, I watch with fascinating uh, interest in people who, who write in social media about different government leaders, different uh, community leaders. And I also, I, every time I see something like that, I make a comment, what solution do you have? Because I, I have no problem with people actually saying something about the, the dissatisfaction they have with certain leaders and certain people in, in, in society. But it, when you do that, at least come with a, vi a viable solution. Mm. Because as long as we just keep blaming, 
we uh, we solve nothing. Mm. I says once we come with solutions and we start talking, we need to start communication going. And uh, you know, the communication is always about what is wrong, rather than how can we make things right and how can we make things right. So first of all, as I said earlier, look in the mirror. What can I do to me? How can I develop myself? Because you cannot give what you haven't got. Mm. So to expect others to do what you're not doing is hypocritical. And there's a, a lot of us who have things that we need to improve on, and, and probably part of the 92%, as you already said. But we also, once we are in that, in that frame of mind that we can actually improve ourselves, and, and as you said, leadership books, there is, I mean, John Maxwell has written 110 of them and growing, and there's plenty of them, the same in the self-development field. I mean, somebody once said, if there was one good book, we don't need any more because we're developing ourselves. But we need constant barrage of information because not every book, not every word speaks to us. But we need to find what, what we can do, how we can actually build ourselves in a way that actually makes us influence other people in a better way. Because everything builds on influence and everything in influence is building relationships. So we okay. need to build better relationships. And as Artie already said, we need to start respecting other people. We've seen it in, in, in Europe because it's not only here. This, this phenomena of, of everything should be finished by now and changed. In, I remember my parents, and, and, and probably your parents as well, went through the war in, in Europe, and my, my grandparents. Now, for a long time afterwards, Germans were not the most favored people. But it, it, through time, we started, to, you know, we know things have happened. It's not everybody is bad. We need to start respecting what, what has happened. We, we, we feel the pain for the people who've been through there. We feel the, 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 it wasn't right by no shot of the imagination. But if we keep in the past, we never move forward. Mm -hmm. So we, in our own mind, is where are we now? What can we do about ourselves, not about other people? You know, Gandhi said it, be the change you want to see in the world. Now, what does that mean? Is that we need to actually start improving ourselves. And once we start doing that, then we can start helping and influencing other people. Sure, so it starts with me. Mm. Now, interesting, the poll statement, in a way, states the problem. Mm. You know, weak, toxic leadership is destroying our society. And then it actually states the semi-solution. We need to create more awareness of authentic leaders mm. slash leadership mm. and then get better at developing them. Mm -hmm. So let's take a few minutes on those two points. First, awareness. So let's stick to the question. How do we create more awareness of authentic leaders? And then we'll go to the development side. Maybe even say, what is an authentic leader? So let's start there, in fact. Let's start with each of you tell me what you think an authentic leader is. We start with you, Dr. Tineke Wolfers, who's written a book, Authentic Leadership Effectiveness. And I'm sure you can find it in many places. Uh, we'll talk about that just now. But Tineke, in essence, what is an authentic leader? And then we'll go to how do we create awareness of that as opposed to this incredible awareness of toxic and weak leadership. I mean, we're pretty good at that, aren't we? Our newspapers are full of it. Our social media is full of it. And the moment a good story comes up, it sort of just dies down very, very quickly. Mm. What is an authentic leader? Let's kick off with you, Tineke. So for me, an authentic leader is a leader beyond position, a leader by presence. And one creates that by being true to oneself, but also true to one's leadership position. And nowadays, it's very important to actually bring in a, a strong moral underpinning if we think of what's been happening in the world. And um, for the greater good of, of all that we serve. Okay. All right, so that's a very good definition. Just say that again, because I think it's in your head. Okay. So You're not just coming up with it now. Yeah, Tell us again. Yeah, so I think the, the, the thing is, a, a, an authentic leader is a leader beyond position. So I always say that not all leadership positions are filled by leaders. And 
the, the opposite is also true. One doesn't have to be in a leadership position to be experienced as a leader. Mm. So how does that happen is when we actually are true to ourselves and what does that mean? It means that we have an inner compass that we are aware of that guides us not only through calm weather and, and easy times, but also especially through stormy weather. That, that compass, we are aware of it, and we can self-regulate against that compass. Okay, so I'm aware of myself. I'm aware of myself. I'm true to myself. I'm true to myself. And what is a comp- that compass I'm talking about is our compass of what is our purpose really in life? Not the purpose in my position. What is for me in my life as a human being, not only at work, and a leader not only at work, but also outside work, as human beings as opposed to human resources. Okay. We, we have various contexts in which we, 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 we um, live. So we've got our homes, we have, we've got our physical body, which is also a context. And we've got our, our, our work, and we are in society, and it's being able to have a compass that says, so if you look at all of that, what is my purpose really in this life for me? Okay. Who am I with this? So true to myself, my purpose, and, true and to how my I, position. So purpose is actually, funny enough, in a hierarchy of values, because values actually have a hierarchy. Hmm. And so purpose in that hierarchy of values is my highest value. If you think of Nelson Mandela, for instance, as, as an example, in his values system, there were two values that were competing, his, his love for his family, he valued them highly, but he also valued a country where everyone would be treated equally and fairly. The one had to suffer almost. And so he had to choose between those conflicting values which one he had to actually hold higher. And we all know that he, he chose to, to the, value, the value of a country that's equal and fair as a higher value. So he had other values supporting that, things like forgiveness, respect, talk about respect. And of course you can't respect others if you don't respect yourself first. And disrespecting others also means that you disrespect yourself. Okay. And, and then there are other things that support that. So that is that compass. And if you can have a well-developed compass, you can, you can every decision you make, you can actually... Right, but you do mention with a strong moral underpinning. Yes. You, you say true to your position. Yeah. Right, so there's a definition. We can build on that mm-hmm. one. Jan, what, what is an authentic leader? If we say we've got to create more awareness of them and we have to develop them, let's first see what they are, who they are. Well, as the same, I don't think leadership has anything to do with position, because that's where, where a big problem lies, a, a misunderstanding. First, we need, need to understand that. And an authentic leader, uh, for me, it's behavior. Leadership is a behavior, not a position. And in that, saying that, we can all lead, because we, are, uh, you know, we can all adjust our behavior. Now, for me, an uh, authentic leader and the authentic behavior is that we actually live with basic, honest human values. And then we build relationships with other people. If we can do that from the goodness of our heart rather than with all the other alternatives, I think we're going to be pretty authentic and pretty good leaders because people will follow. People never leave companies. People leave people. So if we can all become more authentic, more... If we look at our behaviors rather than what position can we reach next, who do we need to walk over the top of to get to that position, and, and, and when we're there, what can we, we do for ourselves? No. Leadership, the behavior is how can we help other people? Mm. And if we, if we start with that, what can we do for others? Because, you know, we might have challenges ourselves and, and most people have. But if we can start looking at how can we do something good for other people intentionally every single day, we will change the leadership in our communities. We will change the leadership in our families. We can change the leadership in our organizations and in our countries. Okay, there's an argument for saying if I'm a CEO 
and I focus on my business being successful, then I am helping people. Mm. Um, but, but, but I think you're saying a little bit more than that mm-hmm. because now I can rationalize and say, well, I'm task-driven. We'll make this thing work. There'll be a return on investment. Shareholders will be happy. And by default, my people will be happy. They'll be able to pay for their kids' schooling and so on and so forth. But, but that's a bit of a cop-out. Mm. Yes. Arti, mm. authentic leadership, what is it in your book? See, I would, I would take out the word leadership because the word leadership actually messes with people's brains. Interesting they, point. They, they become complacent, and the word leadership already creates one of those subconscious mindsets that is limiting them in their understanding of who leads. And so the question we should be asking is who leads, not as in leadership, but as a person. So who is an authentic person who can guide and influence people? And then you have got a, a whole range. It, you bypass generational gap issues and gender issues immediately. So women could lead and you've got young people could lead and, and you've got men who could lead. Now it's about people leading. Now when we could, if we could take out the word leadership, the, the immediate thinking in the general population is that it's the person who's at the top. But we put them there. So if the 92% are saying that there's toxic leadership, we put them there. Yeah. By the mere fact that we did not vote or we did vote, by the mere fact that we don't open our mouths and speak up against the, the atrocities that happen, in the mere fact that we allow things to happen like uh, the amount of people that, that get taken advantage of in the workplace, whether it's bullying in the workplace, whether it is uh, people misappropriating funds. When we talk about leadership, we're bypassing the human behavioral issues that's happening, and what we're doing is painting a broader picture that leadership is toxic and it's killing our country. Yes, what specifically is killing the country? It is people and their inability to stand up and be honest. The integrity uh, integrity in the general view of integrity has been adjusted to suit people. When you look at the work environment, um, in terms of the way that the the return of investment is created in management styles, is we've got deadlines. So we're not looking at where the human being is, where they need skills development, where they are lacking in terms of tools and techniques. We have got them in positions. We put them there. We've got departments. You've got silo effects. You've got gossiping, backbiting, conflict. You've got diversity issues, and those are all human behavioral issues. You cannot say that the leader of the company caused all of that. What we can say is that if we each took responsibility and were accountable to grow ourselves and to help and guide each other, that is a peer-managed system of working on values where we we all help to grow the business or a country together. That is when we all have got responsibility. That is why that 8% intrigues me. You're running away from something that you raised here that shakes the tree, but I think it's a good shake. Uh, I mean, to say, we talk a lot about leader without title and it's not positional, but will we ever get away from the perception that's fixed in our minds that leader slash leadership is linked to position? So you're saying, okay, well, rather than maybe keep pushing leader without title, leader without title, take the word leadership away. I don't think you're literally saying it, maybe, but but I mean, let's just look at that theory. What I'm saying is it does we, we're not challenging our own mindsets. Mm. One of the things I always say is never come down to somebody else's level. Bring them up to yours. However, if you are not developing and evolving as a person, what are you bringing that person up to? 
yeah, whatever that. It's may as be. simple as that. And if leaders are not adjusting to their people. It is a different environment right now. There are people of different cultures coming into the work environment. People who want to be respected in different ways. Have the leadership side adjusted? Have the people adjusted? Or are we each blaming it's the, the CEO is the problem? Or the CEO is the people are not uh, purpose-driven? So if, we, if we're still playing the blame game, we're still stuck on the word leaders because if you look at the fact is, as human beings, we love regurgitating things we've read. We regurgitate things that we hear. We listen to motivational talks and everything, and we feel inspired and motivated. But here's the reality. You're working with a human being. Are you intuitively connecting with the human being and understanding what their journey is right now, how to help and guide them to the next level? That's a compassionate leader. Now, it's not about my title. It means that if I'm the tea lady, I can see that you have got a challenge, but I feel comfortable enough in the safe environment that you've created for me to come up to you and say, you know what, I thought about one of the things that you, that you had a challenge with. Here's one of the suggestions that I have. It's about solution-focused people. Now, if you take the word leadership out, it doesn't scare people in an environment where respect okay. prevents people from speaking up. That's powerful. Uh, so, so the tea lady can then actually even feel... Of free to say how are you doing you don't look okay for me and i feel fine <laughs> asking that yeah. so, so you raise a whole different debate in terms of um i have had some feelings about the fact that there's very negative action connotations to the word leadership or leader it's us and them and there's a barrier the minute you have a title you create a barrier between yeah. you and your people okay. no matter how hard you fight for it to break it down you've got that barrier so we almost want to say, how do we then raise awareness of and develop authentic persons, authentic human beings in our society? That's kind of what we're saying, as opposed to necessarily leaders, because yeah. now we're also saying we're just developing leaders. So I'm saying, how do we develop authentic leaders? Okay, well, are we only developing leaders in the society? Are we only developing people who have positions in the society? What about people who don't have positions? Are they not persons or leaders? Yes. So, so yeah. you raise a whole new debate. Tineke, you want to yeah. come in here? Yeah, I, I really do. Um, I think, you know, we've got to be careful what we understand by leaders. So we get self-leadership. So, you know, I, I don't want to get rid of the word leadership because it doesn't have to be linked to position. One gets self-leadership. And I'm thinking that uh, uh, and we're never going to get rid of positional leadership. But a positional leader actually does influence the tone and the and the culture and the, and the company a lot so i find that for instance when i work with individual um you know as a leadership coach with individual um clients they'll go back into an organization um and and if that culture of the the positional leader is 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 autocratic or destructive which which i see quite often actually all the good work that that person does as in self-leadership and leading their people can actually be destroyed again. So I think it's a both and. I think there's there's got to be, you know, authentic leadership and positional leadership. From the top is ideal, but if you can't have that, then you should actually... Um, you know, and you, you can start from anywhere in the organization, an organization to develop authentic leadership. But it's the most powerful when it starts from the top, because that leader, almost for me, if I, for want of a better word, creates a container for if that allows everybody else to be empowered or empower themselves. 
you know, so I think a both and approach. Sure. I mean, we're, really we're, I think we'll agree we'll never get rid of the word leadership. Mm. Of course not. But it, it, it changes your mindset. It, mm. it, it makes you realize that there's a barrier to mm. us using the word leadership mm. or even leader. Mm. And um, But let's, let's go down that route very quickly. How would you say we develop such people? Because we've got to multiply them. Mm. I mean, uh, you've shared with me, uh, Jan, about what Maxwell does all over the world. He takes these big teams into countries and they... Mm. And they scale coaching leadership mindset across mm. the entire country. Uh, it, it just boggles my mind, the big picture thinking mm. there. Yeah. But oh, what, what must we do to multiply more authentic leaders slash persons? And how? Yes. You can I, just chuck life at people and, <laughs> and they can consciously engage life and they will become more authentic, <laughs> I guess. But, but uh, we, we want to develop them faster. Mm. And, you know, when you look around the world at leadership... And one of the big reasons leadership is failing worldwide is lack of values. And I, I, I tell people as well, we can give you any kind, we can create leadership program for you. There is a plethora of books out there already that have said, would you buy a house in a swamp without a foundation? And of course, nobody in the right mind would. I say, well, that's exactly what you're doing if you just go and, and, and grab a leadership book or, or go to a podcast or whatever. I think where the basis of, of, of leadership comes, and uh, the late Dr. Miles Monroe wrote about it, The Power of Character in Leadership. There's a book about, uh, by Fred Keel, Return on Character, which talks about these very points. And I thought, you know, we need to start bringing values back as the foundation of leadership, because without values, there is no leadership, in my mind at least. So here's the, the, the idea. How can we, we're talking about developing leaders and, 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 and empower them, but if we're talking about leadership and, and self-leadership and being per, and, and personal development, it, it, it is all intertwined. We cannot take it away from each other. So we can actually start sitting around the tables again having discussions about the basic values. Because we, we tell our people, we have when you go into an organization and, and, and the point where you said, you know, CEOs should be f feeling comfortable and, and happy that they've, they've created wealth in the organization. But I've been in, in organizations where the CEO have got an open-door policy. They're doing really well, but nobody dares go into the office. Mm. So we, we can all improve. But they feel good, at least they say they've got an open-door yeah, yes, policy. Yes, the door is open, but don't bother coming in. You know, so we can, you know, even with an open-door policy, how, how come that nobody dares come into the office? We need to all start asking ourselves questions whether the CEO or whether we are. Uh, on, a, on a shop floor because we can say yes uh, we are working here so we are entitled to a wage no um, somebody once said if you're going to be a street sweeper be the best street sweeper you can be mm. if, um, and, and that goes in every position so if we now can sit down and start understanding each other because these wonderful values on the walls mean absolutely nothing it's a nice to have. And when we, ask, when we go to CEOs and MDs and HR directors and we ask, you know, do you actually know the values on your walls? They haven't got a clue. And then they say, oh, we need to be more transparent. Nobody tells you what that means or how. We need to have more integrity. Now, as, as Artie will tell you, and I've learned from Artie, that especially in the communities, integrity means something totally different than in the business world. Mm -hmm. So everybody thinks nobody has to, uh, integrity because... So we, we need debate and conversation around basic values that build yes. character. And, and I think if we can sit down and, and on a weekly basis, because we go to, to the leadership trainings for a, a day, two days, three days, we feel absolutely wonderful because we, we have met some wonderful people and, and I think it's meeting like-minded people is also part of it. But then we, we go back and Monday happens. 
So that means that we, we get back in the rut of where we were before and nothing changes. That's why these things keep, keep happening. So I say, where is the sustainability that we can all learn to become better people? Never mind leaders, that we can become better people. So if we can sit on a daily, on a weekly basis around the table where we can actually discuss basic values, start understanding them, and more important, start understanding the people across. Because one thing I, I see a lot in, in trainings is that when we ask uh, to, people to interview each other and at every level how little do people actually know each, each other well outside of what they do in their business when when they've been working with each other for 10 15 years they haven't got a clue you know about family life mm-hmm. and i think we need to become more personal and and as artists said more compassionate about everything we do as a person at every level right i mean the, the reality is uh, we could talk all day just about how to develop authentic mm-hmm. leaders but but we've got a time issue mm-hmm. so i need arti and tineka to give me two or three pointers mm-hmm. unfortunately the headline stuff of how to develop an authentic leader. What are the key points we need? And and you've given us a bigger picture as well there, mm-hmm. Jan, of what we can practically do in organizations, perhaps to start building a foundation or to put the soil there where authentic leaders can grow from, mm-hmm. you know, that the whole values conversation. Mm-hmm. For sure. So I think you want to say some pointers? I think and very, then very quickly, the things that come to mind is humility, um, ego, um, the ability to connect on a deeper emotional level, um, and I think one of the, the most amazing things is communication. Now, communication is very broad, but for me, the, the simplicity of it means that between uh, every single person in an organization, they need to walk into an environment that feels safe and non-threatening, and it's welcoming. Mm-hmm. So regardless of who you are, where you come from, you feel like you are cared for, valued, and honored as a human being. Mm-hmm. And the humility and the approachability of, a, of, a, of any leader in a company creates that environment that makes people feel like they are in a nurturing environment. Mm-hmm. And openness in terms of making sure that sustainable people development is the key. So if that, if that is the mindset of a leader, their, their focus is where do my people need to be developed so that I can give them the skills and techniques so that they can grow with me. It's a journey that we walk together Mm. For me, that's the power of All right. Powerful what needs words. to be done. Tineka, quite clearly, if someone got the book Authentic Leadership Effectiveness as an example by Dr. Tineka Wolfers, they will find out how to develop authentic leaders. You've got chapters yeah. on it. Yeah. Give us a headline. So, so this is the, the work that I do every day, and that is authentic leader, help people to develop um, individual and team authentic leadership effectiveness. So I think the four pillars of developing um, authentic leadership is to actually, first of all, be self-aware, become more self-aware of who we are, and to, for that to lead to um, vulnerability-based uh, trust and uh, strength-based vulnerability because uh, you won't believe how many leaders are what I call inappropriately invulnerable which means that they will not let you know about their weaknesses what their childhood was all about yes. uh, 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 and if you can actually get beyond that and develop the balance and strength-based vulnerability it allows for you to develop that vulnerability-based trust um, and it, it leads to relational transparency, which is so, so important in, in good mm-hmm. leadership. And that, when that relational transparency is there, it can allow people to start 
um, um, doing balanced processing in decision making, in in their actions, in their thoughts, um, just become more balanced. Mm. And so the work that I do is I often start with people getting to know each other, building onto what Arthur is saying. Um, getting to know each other's human beings and becoming vulnerable with one mm-hmm. another in an appropriate way. Sure. And once you have mm-hmm. that, and then allowing uh, everyone to, to be heard, people okay. want yeah. to be heard. Even if you can't take everyone's idea, you, they want to be heard because that's how they commit to yeah. work together. Is that yeah. part of pillar two? Or is that pillar one, self-awareness? The, 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 the self-awareness is pillar one. Pillar two Correct. is then the... Uh, the strength-based vulnerability that's okay, developed that's what through you're that, about, which then leads to trans, um, to to trust and relational transparency. Is that pillar three? Yes. Okay. And pillar four is balanced processing, so that in every decision you make, there, there's balanced processing, internal processing in your head, in the way you think um, about yourself, in the way you believe about yourself, about others, about your organisation, about your country, about what you need to achieve. It becomes much more balanced. All right. Okay, so that's something people can read much more about. I mean, the whole leadership development industry is huge, isn't it? Mm. I think in general it's failing. Again, whatever we've been doing up to this point, if 92% people believe leaders are destroying our world, <coughs> excuse me, how successful are we in leadership development mm. in general? Uh, and, and somehow I think we're getting better at it, but we don't know how to keep them leadership fit. So again, they go to a brilliant course, brilliant mm. program, they leave there and Monday happens. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't remain leadership fit. Something I want to explore with you for just five minutes is this concern that you often have very strong leaders. They could even maybe be authentic leaders or border on it. They leave the organization, the political party, the, the branch, the district, mm-hmm. and it falls flat. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it just starts tampering down. Mm-hmm. Things just start going wrong because the leader left. Mm-hmm. Why does that happen? You know, why, why do we find this all the time? Um, and, and, and something I want to put on the table is the essence of leadership is to create movement. Okay, so you give a leader an organization and they must move it from where it is to a better place. Mm-hmm. You give a leader any project, the leader must move it, whether it's a person or not. And that's why, to me, leadership is also not title. Leadership is about movement. If I've moved people's mind, mm-hmm. if I've moved people... I'm a leader. That's it. It's not to do with title. So if I'm in the business of movement and I give you a position and I say, now go create movement, how do leaders create that movement? Leader one uses his or her personality, okay, the personality-based leadership. So be it force, be it manipulation, be it charisma, whatever my personality is like. Fine. If it works, good. But we have good and bad in our personality. Leader two uses character. It's character-based leadership. So because I have such a fantastic character, I'm grounded, I know who I am, I'm values-based, my roots are deep, there's huge respect for me, and therefore people will go through a wall for me, run through a wall for me. And, and that's how I kind of move people. Problem is, if I use either of those or both of those, even as an authentic leader, and I leave, it leaves with me. Mm-hmm. So people put their trust and their confidence in my personality, mm-hmm. in my character, mm-hmm. in whatever the spin-offs of, of, the, of that was. And that's where I think part of the problem is. So how do we stop that from happening, that things don't fall flat when the leader leaves? I think part of the problem is because they lead with their personality or their character even, Mm -hmm. although we need those, Mm -hmm. but something is missing. 
I think you've got your head up and down. I know. That's exciting. Yes. I, and, and I think the reason being is let's take the, the one person that in this country specifically, everybody, everybody lays their responsibility in Madiba dying hmm. as the reason for why our country is failing. And I look at the stupidity of that statement. The reason being is people have missed the point. Mandela actually gave to us the gift of the seed of hope. But where people actually fail to continue it is the sustainability of that. We bought into his vision and into his words and and his belief systems. We did not change and adjust ours to understand that we we can also resonate at that level. So I think where one of the challenges are is that we've missed the point that we could have impact as well. One of the things that you talk about as leaders is they, they will lead through the character and the influence and when they leave, the influence leaves with them. Correct. So there's your challenge right there. It, it, if you were influential, you would use a few things. You'd be able to create a succession plan where you collaborate with your people so that they can partner with each other to continue this journey mm. you began. Mm. So it's creating a mindset and a journey of, of change and adjustment. And it's fun and it's exciting. We have taken out fun from the work environment. And it can be an incredible journey if we welcome everybody to join us and walk with them by encouraging them, enticing them to something that is brilliant and amazing and that everybody's success is based on collaborating and then to and to take them to the next level. So enticing, evolving, um, encouraging, things that are so simple in human behavior. And when you're when you've got an influential leader how did that person influence them to grow themselves? There's the key. When we talk about leaders build leaders or grow leaders, not all leaders do that. They don't all grow leaders. What they do is they will bring their incredible knowledge and wisdom and experience and take the company to the next levels. But when they leave, they forgot to empower their people. Okay, but if I grow leaders who also lead through personality and character, they're also going to leave somewhere and that will leave with them. So, so it's, it's always, it's fine, I'm leaving other leaders behind, but if I don't lead something or develop something more than just leaders who lead through personality and character, mm-hmm. then that branch manager leaves. So I have to put all the time into inspire him or her to grow their character and to have a strong personality or whatever it is. But that guy leaves to the next job. So now that falls flat. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if I'm too theoretical about this, but, but, but it's a... It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a concern I have is that we're not getting to a next point where where we take leadership development to another level. I don't know, Jan, if you want to jump in and Tineke, yeah. your views on why things fall flat. Yeah, well succession planning. And that's what you're talking about. I mean, you, you see these leaders go, I think um, when Steve Jobs left in a big way, they're still wondering where Apple is going without Steve Jobs. And it, it, it talks about innovation as well and, and, and the mind he had. But Bill Gates, he was brought back into the company just to walk the halls. Uh, for, and, and it did a lot for the, for the inspiration of people. But what, what the big problem, I think, is is that we, we are, if you are a good leader and you have the wonderful character and all that, and you don't pass this on and empower others, because succession planning has to be in place and most companies have not got succession planning. They don't even think about the future because, let's face it, these leaders might not just leave. They might, uh, I mean, it happens to us all at some point, they die. They leave, they retire, and 
and you, when you ask them who is going to take your place and as you said then you go look further down the line because if they even look at who's going to replace them sometimes they have to fall into the job when, when, and then the struggle happens but a lot of the time they have somebody who they know will replace them but that has a knock-on effect of course so succession planning shouldn't only be uh, with the top leader of a very successful company mm -hmm. but that should be going right to the managers and it is not that we continuously have to be on the case to say you know you need to lead better or whatever that's going to mean for the organization because every organization is different one size doesn't fit all but also where where how can we influence the people in an organization that they're even wanting to, beca to become leaders in, in, in a position uh, of leadership because a lot of people are quite happy where they are because they don't want to take the responsibility but when we find people we need to search out people in our organization continuously because bringing people in from the outside I saw, I saw it in an organization I worked in we brought a person in from the outside who knew nothing about the organization it mm -hmm. was a disaster mm -hmm. so we need to continually search for people who have the potential and help them to achieve that potential that means simply we need to invest in our people continuously Tineke? yeah so the interesting thing is both the authentic leadership development is that often those leaders are then promoted so it's not just that people leave they they might get promoted so i've got a case study in in, in this book where the leader um, was promoted to take over a bigger area, and but what man, uh, how they managed to sustain authentic leadership effectiveness is that the whole leadership team had a team authentic leadership compass, and that compass stayed even though the leader left. So the leader had his own compass. So when he went into a much more challenging environment, he had a dip in effectiveness for a little while, but he managed to recover that quite quickly again as a result of self-regulating against his compass. But the team, when the new leader joined, the, the remaining team actually introduced the, the compass and their scorecard, etc., to the new leader and invited him to actually grapple with them on this compass, and that's how they sustained okay. authentic leadership effectiveness. Very good input there. So, so eventually, I call it process-based leadership, and, and we won't talk about that much now, but I as a leader need to have confidence in leadership processes outside of me that mm, work. Exactly. And if I can put those leadership processes, just like we put lots of mm. systems and processes structurally in place in businesses, which when the leader leaves, it can tick over still for a mm. while, but eventually without the leader, it, it mm. tampers down. We need to learn to lead not just with our personality, not just with our character, mm. but to have confidence in leadership processes that work, that are outside of us, that we can even implement in the business mm. so that those can continue mm. and at least the company can move on a little bit when we're gone. But I think a lot of leadership. leaders don't do that. And that's a, that's a process you talk about that they implemented outside of the leader himself. Well, they did it together. together. It was a shared leader. Everyone in that team, yeah. because uh, in uh, that particular case study, um, that work started because everyone was so unhappy with the leader, and he was such a poor and terrible leader. So according to the team, but what is it that they were doing that was d uh, causing their scorecard to be read, you know? Okay. So once they actually started working with the leader and then with the whole team, they became uh, they took on shared leadership. And, and over and above that, they developed a compass for the leadership team. And what's interesting about that is that um, the way their scorecard became green 
um, after about five or six months is because the whole organization started watching the leadership team. The leadership team hadn't even spoken to the organization, but the behavior became so different in and outside work that they, they inspired through their behavior the rest of the organization to start working in a different way. And that is – so it's not just about – how, it's not just about achieving your art business art, uh, results and your organizational outcomes. It's about how you achieve it okay. um, in a sustainable way. I like the shared leadership that you mm. also raised there. Mm. Right, folks, as we wrap up, um, I'd like you to give a message to leaders, but just tell us what you do on a day-to-day basis. I should have done it right in the beginning. Uh, but I know people know when you're on this platform, it means you're credible. They can go and <laughs> Google you, man. Uh, just your message to leaders and... And what are you doing at the moment, one minute, to turn around this tide of weak and toxic leadership in your day-to-day life? Tineke mentioned earlier, you can repeat just now, but you said that's what you do every single day. You try and develop authentic leaders. Jan, what do you do? What are you doing to change this mess and a message to leaders? Yes, well, Adrian, my simple statement always is together we make a difference. And I firmly believe that because there is no one-man solution. I think... uh, Tina already mentioned it, it's teamwork. And I think that teamwork doesn't just have to be in a company, it has to be everywhere. And it's family life, leadership and family life has got to be teamwork. Mm. There shouldn't be one person who rules everything. So for me, we on a daily basis at the Key Leadership Institute, we, we create programs because we have some off-the-shelf programs that we, we develop and uh, that we bring to leadership uh, solutions. But because one size doesn't fit all, we are continuously listening to leaders. We continue listening to people. You know, what are the needs in your organization? How can we give a better solution for your needs? So I think we listen very well on a daily basis as well. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we, we work with communities. We work with schools. We work because another thing is the youth. We cannot forget about our youth. We're talking about the leadership is failing. Mm-hmm. But what youth are we bringing up? Into, into our leadership positions. What are they seeing outside of themselves at the moment that is not right? Otherwise, we're just repeating the, 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 the process. Yes. I mean, we're okay. going in a circle again, and we don't want that. So we, we cannot forget that we, we need to inspire our youth, empower our youth, and give them the tools and skills so they become the leaders of tomorrow we really need today. All right. Tineke, very quickly, message to leaders. One minute. And what are you doing to change this, although you've mentioned? Yeah. I, I was asked recently in Women's Month, in August, whether um, women are more, you know, are, are they, can they become authentic leaders more easily than men? It, it really doesn't matter what race, what gender, what age, everyone can become more of an authentic leader as long as through, through the work that we do, because this is not easy work. Developing authentic leadership effectiveness is not a silver bullet um, mm-hmm. program. You grapple, and as long as you have that, uh, that willingness to actually grow yourself and you have the courage to work with it, you can actually increase your authentic leadership effectiveness. Thank you so much. I think kind of the last word. <laughs> Are you okay with that? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. I thought so. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so um, we run two training companies here and internationally. We work with boards of directors and management teams and organizations, orphanages, um, underprivileged people, squatter camps, university schools. We're helping people, principals to realign curriculum in this country. Um, we're also 
also helping a lot of leaders to get to the understanding that their people are the key. So it's relationship building, conflict resolution, getting people to understand how they can celebrate their humanness. And that's, that is how we're, what we're doing every single day. Um, we've got as young as 10-year-olds being trained in values-based leadership to create a sustainable people development program. So it allows families to come together. It's building relationships across the board in the work environment and home environment. And we're looking at the holistic change that people are craving so that they can heal as a people. And that is one of the things we focus on every day. Thank you so much, Dr. Tineke Wolfers for joining us in the studio. just want to add that um, Moya, the Moya Institute of Authentic Leadership Effectiveness, it can be Googled and they can learn more about Correct. And then the book, of yeah. course, is on the shelves. Yeah. Jan Roberts, thank you so much. Thank you, Adrian. It's a good good pleasure. And Arthur Moore, thank you so much. I mean, it's wonderful having you guys here. That's our weekly leadership uh, masterclass, global leadership masterclass. And, of course, every single Monday, 12 to 1. That's GMT plus 2, of course. Thank you for joining us. Look forward to being with you again next week. This is CliffCentral.com.